0: Hello, hello. Skip the end. Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm AJ Hoag, author of Effortless English, creator of the Effortless English System, creator of the Business English Conversations course. And because that Business English Conversations course is available, we're going to talk a little bit more about money today. Just do a question and answer. I had a busy day with babies. We had to go to a doctor's appointment. Nothing serious. Just check up. But I uh, just took a long day and uh, kind of tiring day. I didn't have time to plan out, you know, any good topic or anything. So I think uh, this is actually a good time to answer questions because sometimes I ignore... Uh, questions, you know, we're talking about some topic, and I get a lot of questions about money and business and career, and sometimes I kind of ignore them because we're talking about something else. So I thought today's a good day, we can start. You can ask me questions about, of course, business English, business, career, money, all that stuff. Let's talk about that for a while, and then later. Uh, you can ask more general questions too if you want to, but specifically I'd like to start at least with questions connected to money, career, business, things like that. If you've got questions about those things, then we're live on YouTube now, so fire! Go for it. and let's see okay good yep we got a good number of people lots of people of course everyone saying hi first good to see you reinaldo in brazil good to see you just a quick hello to lots of people hi from egypt says Aya. hi to egypt i just watched a movie i uh, speaking of egypt i'll do a quick i'll give you a chance give you a couple minutes to think about your questions for business and money and career And uh, just tell a quick story. I watched a movie last night that's a little connected to Egypt. It's just an old, an old sci-fi movie called Stargate. And uh, the movie's not that great. But uh, they made a TV series. Actually, they made uh, two TV series. Actually, three. The third one sucked. But they made uh, a couple TV series based on this movie called Stargate. And the first one, the best one, I think, is called Stargate SG-1. And it's, you know, it's kind of, I like it. I don't know. It's, it was kind of, you know, fairly low budget sci-fi. It's, it's kind of old now. So, the special effects are not great. But it had some cool stories. And how does this connect to Egypt? Well, the movie and the sci-fi both. The idea is that the pyramids of Egypt were built by uh, aliens. Like an alien came and there's some people actually do believe this, that um, they came and uh, they built this Stargate that allows you to go to different planets, you know, and galaxies and things. And but a lot of the the aliens have this kind of uh, uh, ancient Egyptian culture, like you know the people like Ra and uh, and Isis and these kind of Egyptian old ancient Egyptian gods that. In the story, it's sci-fi. In the story, these gods were actually aliens, very advanced aliens. It's kind of a fun sci-fi. If you like sci-fi, check out Stargate SG-1 TV. There's a. It, it went for like uh, eight or nine or ten years. It was pretty long, so there are a lot of episodes. Okay. Now, not connected to sci-fi, in real life the pyramids are all also amazing. There are some amazing mysteries. And uh, just the more you look into ancient Egypt and the Egyptian pyramids, not just the pyramids, but the Sphinx. And there's a, there more and more and more, I think the evidence is showing, you know, I'm not an expert, okay, but just from what I've been reading, that this culture was actually much older than we first thought that that, The kind of experts are starting to believe more and more that, oh, the Egyptian culture goes back much farther than we thought, that the Sphinx, for example, and possibly uh, some of the pyramids were built far, 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 far back. It's fascinating. Anyway. All right, let's get into business now. We can talk about Egypt later. (laughs) Okay, this is... Now, somebody asked this on uh, on Gab and I didn't respond, so I'll, I'm going to answer it now here because it's actually something I have done. I've read a lot about binaural beats. Even YouTube has lots of videos about it. What do you think about this beats? Have you ever tried it? Okay, let me explain what this is first. And uh, I have tried it. Binaural beats. Okay, so we have two word parts here. There's aural... <laughs> <laughs> which is um, it's, not, it's very close to, in pronunciation to oral, <laughs> okay? In fact, if you're saying them fast, they often get pronounced exactly the same, but it should be aural, binaural, binaural, a-u-r-a-l, oral, means related to hearing, related to your to the ears or hearing, connected to that topic of ears and hearing. Okay, so that's the first part of the word. And then we have by, which you probably recognize, which means two. So, two ears is kind of what this word means. Two ears and then beats is the second word, binaural beats. Two ear beats is, the, is what this would mean directly. What does that mean? <laughs> okay, what it is, is it's a kind of music. You have to use headphones. You can't use speakers for this. You have to use headphones. And where there's different beats different rhythms in each ear they're not the same right so the left ear and the right ear different frequencies diff- there's different things happening now of course some music does this also just normal music you know might have the drums are stronger on the left and the guitar strong on the right this is different that's why it's called beats there's actually it's a rhythm or a beat is different on each side the idea of this supposedly what this does is they do it in a way that creates a kind of brain wave. It will change your brain waves depending on how they do the beats, the difference between left ear and right ear. And according to people who do this, they can create beats that will put you in an alpha state. That means you're very alert, your brain is very awake. Or they could put you in a delta state. Uh, what, are the, what are they and I, I f- often forget what they all are but anyway like a, in, they could put you into a state if the beats are a little changed a bit the rhythms are different the difference is a different frequency then this music can make you put you into a relaxed state or could put you into a meditative state which is med- a meditative state is a combination of both you are relaxed and you are alert at the same time so that's what it is now have have i tried it yes does it work mm, i don't know you know the, the thing it's hard to tell because this kind of music is often it's very nice music i've i have a few of these and uh it's it's there's the one with i have with bells and rain i have one that has more like music la, 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 you know like like uh, mu- instrumental music it's very relaxing. I find it relaxing. Is it is it making my brain, like, awake and relax at the same time? Is it the same as meditation? It's not the same as meditation. I know that. Is it having that same effect? I don't really know. Honestly, I don't know. I, I do know that it's quite relaxing. Is that because of the different beats on each side of the head? Or is it just the sounds are relaxing? Because they're relaxing sounds anyway. I don't know. <laughs> so... I can't say whether you know it's going to help you in meditation or something. I don't know. Okay, now Muhammad with the Aziz with a good co- a good question. How can we get money from more than one source? Okay, now this is a um, the question is connected to a strategy for becoming financially free. I think it's a pretty good strategy. And it's called multiple sources of income. Multiple, meaning many, sources of income. Money coming in. And this strategy or this kind of philosophy for being financially free, the idea is that it's very difficult to make one big successful investment. It's very difficult to make one big Successful business that makes lots and lots of money. That in fact, it's easier to have a small success. It's easier to have a business. You start a business and it makes a little money, right? It's a it's a success. It's still a success. It's not losing money. It's making a little. Let's say it makes thousand dollars a month for you, profit. So um, on one hand, that's great. It's a, it's a success. But on the other hand, a thousand a month. For a lot of people, not enough for to live, especially if they have a family or something. So, the idea is then, the question is, what should you do? Do you try to grow that one business, try to grow it bigger and bigger, 5000 a month, 10000 a month, 20000 a month, or another, that's one strategy, it's probably the most common, that's what people mostly do, that's what I did, but um, there's a different idea. This other idea is called multiple sources of income. And what they say is that instead, just, that's great. Keep your little successful business. It's 1000 a month. And to grow it bigger would require a huge amount of energy. Instead, just start another business or another investment, something. And create a second one. That also is a small success. That it also, again, maybe it only makes $500 a month or makes 1000 a month. So, your first small success, you just kind of make it, try to make it automatic. This is important. You have to make these small businesses or these small investments need to kind of be automatic, so you don't need to spend huge amounts of time. And the idea is then you just build up a lot of these. So, instead of one big one, you have five or six or seven little ones. Each one is little, but they add up to a good amount, so you can be financially free. So, there's another advantage to this, another advantage, is that if you have multiple sources of income, it's, it, the idea is, at least, it's more secure, it's more safe, because if, let's say there's an economic problem in the world, crash, well, if you have, if you different sources of income, ideally, you want them to be quite different, not just the same, right, not just, like if you have real estate, not just all the same real estate, just house, 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 house. It's multiple sources, but they're too close together, the same. It's, what you want is diversity, right? You've heard of this for in investing, diversification. We can do it with businesses too. So maybe one is, a I don't know, a little restaurant and one is an online business and one is something else, a real estate business and one is something else. And so then if there's a crash, maybe one or two or three of your income sources might drop. But hopefully, the idea is that others would still be okay or they might even get better. And so, it's safer. You can, one or two of your businesses can drop or even fail, but you're still okay because you have many sources of income. And as I said, this is basically, it's the same idea as investing. People say diversify, right? So, that you want to invest in lots of different areas. Well, it's taking the same idea but using it in a business environment or even for working. Right? You, could, you could include a job as one source of income. You could include a freelancing, you know, like working outside of your job for some extra money. That's another source of income. So, that's the other thing. You could have a job as one source. You could have freelancing income. That's source number two. Then you have a little small business online that makes some, a little money. That's source of number three. And then maybe you do a little uh, real estate like you buy a house and you rent it to someone else for money and that's source number four. Now you have four sources of income. A job, freelance work and then a couple businesses. So that's the idea. It's not a bad idea. It's a, it's a good strategy that you can follow. I, I mean, I kind of follow this strategy a bit but not in the beginning. I became free by following uh, the one business idea, you know, I, I was effortless English. That's it. <laughs> but then, since then, since I had got effort, you know, effortless English, also following Robert Kiyosaki's ideas, I have since, you know, I have a couple other little businesses, and I have investments that do provide. In fact, my investments now uh, provide enough money I can. We, my family, can survive just from my investments. Not really rich but we could survive you know we could pay our rent we could pay food which is great because it takes all a lot of pressure off now because now it means that um, you know I'm doing the business more for contribution and enjoyment and other things yes it's still it's, it's one source of income but uh, we have a lot more security now which is great so that's what so you can also do that you could start with one main source like a business or something and then as you get more money you buy more assets just like Robert Kiyosaki teaches. Maybe investments, maybe little small businesses. And then again, you you later you develop your multiple sources. So that also works. But you develop them one at a time. So you, when you're starting, you're always going to start with just one. Right? You don't, don't try to start three businesses at the same time. That is, no. <laughs> you're going to fail at all three. And you're going to go crazy. You start one. And then the, the idea is you, you make it successful, meaning it's profitable, it's making money. After that, you decide, do I grow, keep, continue to work on this one business and grow it bigger, bigger, bigger? Or do I think uh, it's, it can't really grow bigger? So then you start another one. All right, continuing with our money topics. Oh, Pablo, I know the movie you're talking about, but I can't remember the name either, so I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, Moromi... Well, was a big, long name. Uh, Morominaolenmena. <laughs> Can you escape the matrix if you start your own business? Maybe. No more nine-to-five slavery. Giving your time and energy to the company which doesn't... Uh, care about your heart. Right. I mean, that's why I I think probably most entrepreneurs, especially small ones, that's why they start a business. Not, they're not dreaming of being billionaires. They're dreaming of freedom. Right? And maybe of uh, enjoying their work. So, yes. I mean, that's why I did it. So, yes. That's exactly why I did it. To escape the matrix, to escape the nine-to-five slavery And is it possible? Yes, because I did it. So absolutely it's possible. And that's why, indeed, I think that's why certainly a lot, I would say most people start their own business. I think this is uh, probably their top motivation. but you do have to be careful you have to do, if that's your goal if your goal is freedom and having a lot more time for your life other things in your life then you have to choose your business carefully because you can some businesses require a huge amount of work and time so in fact this is a very common problem with entrepreneurs is they start a business and then they become a slave to the business and They they started it to be free, but then they actually become even bigger slaves, even worse, because at their job they were working 40 hours a week. In the business, they're working 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week. They never get away from it. So that's a danger, that's a danger of starting your own business. So you have to be careful the choose the business carefully, design the business systems carefully so that indeed, you will get more freedom and not actually become an even worse slave. Working, working, working. Yeah, right. Well, Merrick's right. The question is, what can you do a business about today? People do businesses on everything they can. Well, exactly. It doesn't matter. There's not like You can do a business, you can make a business anything, any product, any service, you can create a business for it. Um, But the question is just, what are you good at? What do you love? What do you know about? What kind of customers do you really know well? How much money do you have? Right? Like you might say, I want to start a phone company. Well, if you're one person without much money, you're not going to do that. But, um... So you have to, you have to look at all these things and then decide. Okay, I'm happy to promote my friend Oscar here, so I'll do it again. Um, I'm, Copacop says, I want to start to learn Spanish. I am absolutely zero level. How would I, how should I start my learning? UnlimitedSpanish.com. I'm going to do a screenshot. I'm going to go to his website. So, if you're watching unlimited Spanish.com, I'm going to show you exactly what to get. All right, this is Oscar Peus from Barcelona. Hey, look at that. My uh, uh, testimonial is the first one on the page there. All right, now let's see. Let me just see if he's got products. Yeah, here we go. Okay, here are his courses. Okay, he's got a 30-day crash course. That's what you want starting from zero. In fact, he says this. Starting from scratch means starting from zero. Okay, so you would get the 30-day crash course. The original course is level two. That's the one that I did. That's when you know a little bit. And it's excellent. This gives you kind of the highest frequency. Probably, you know, if you're really serious about... I would just get both of those at the same time because 30 days is a short time. You'll be done like that and then you're on to the original course. It's all, it's mini stories. It's using the same methods I use. It's really, really good. Oh, he's got another one. Look at this. Oh, Oscar, I didn't even know you had this level. Uh, Okay, so El Curso Magico is uh, low intermediate. That's my, that's where I am right now and uh, I have this course, but I haven't started it yet, but I think I will. And it's kind of like uh, kind of like the Wizard of Oz, actually. I think it's based on the Wizard of Oz story. And then he's got a new one, which I didn't even know about. This is a compact, powerful program designed to consolidate and practice differences among tenses. Take El Curso Magico first. Okay, well, I'm going to buy that one. So just to show you guys, I'm a real fan of his. I will buy that course of his. Um... Today, I'm going to buy that one. If you want to learn Spanish, unlimitedspanish.com. Cool, I didn't even know we had another one. I haven't talked to Oscar in quite a while. But I'm happy to see. That's great. So there you go. Unlimited Spanish, guys. Do it. Ah, no, this is a tough question. (laughs) Mohammed Aziz says, do you think getting married is good for finding more career or more money? I, I don't think it matters, right? I think... Um, I don't think it's going to help or hurt. I think you just marry some, marry the right person. <laughs> you know, someone who's good and virtuous and loyal and all of these qualities. We're going to talk about this in Jerry Maguire, our movie, because I think it's a really good... I get these questions about marriage all the time, I guess, because I've been married 13 years and you guys are curious. And people want to know, like, what's the secret of success? And, you know being lucky is good <laughs> that's always a good one um, but you know I've actually been because people ask me this question all the time I have actually been thinking about it for many months now like why because you know before I was married I did all this The I did lots of stupid stuff and I had some you know disastrous bad dating relationships and I pretty much did everything wrong <laughs> so um there was an element of good luck for me, uh, and there was an element of becoming red pilled at just at just in time. Um, but you know, you want to base you don't want to base it on money. Like my my wife and I, when we got married, I was broke and poor, so she was not after money. <laughs> I guarantee she was not after money because when we got married, I and she didn't care, and sh- we lived in this little. Like I said, I. Th- as far as I know, it was the cheapest apartment in San Francisco. Like, it, I lived in San Francisco for six years, when we, right when we got married, and we lived there six years. And our first apartment there, we lived there four years in the first apartment. In the first apartment, I never met any other person in San Francisco with cheaper rent. So, there might be a cheaper apartment somewhere in the city, but I don't know of it. And it was just a one one room, small one room. It didn't even have a bathroom. No kitchen, no bathroom. You had to walk down the hall. There was a men's bathroom and a women's bathroom and showers, but not in the rooms. Uh, so anyway, we were broke. But um, I started, we got married in, in the summer. And uh, I started the business f- three months later, a few months later. And then about six months after that, I quit my job and we were financially free. So about nine months after marriage, uh, nine to 12, a little, just under a year. We, uh, we stayed in that apartment, however, and this is again to show you that I follow what I'm saying, guys. Even though we were financially free and we were making money, we did not immediately move to a nice big place. We stayed in that cheap little apartment for three more years. So, I would say I would not base it on money. I would just say if you're a man, don't marry a woman who's after money because she shall make you miserable. Oh, okay, so uh, Christy asks, this is a good question. What is your recommendation of good marketing books? Because there are so many. Yes, there are. And you have to be very careful with marketing. If you are a... Uh, Especially if you are do- doing marketing for your own business or for small businesses, because there are there are a few different kinds of marketing books. Okay, meaning they are targeted for different groups. I would say most marketing books are focused are actually for big businesses. They are written by people from big companies, and the advice they are giving. Is good for really big companies, you know, Coca-Cola, Apple. Okay, and in fact, if you read these books, how do you, you will immediately know this because they'll use stories in the books and the, and they use examples and case studies and they always use these giant companies as the examples. Well, if you have a giant company or if you are working in a giant company in marketing. That's fine. That's good. In fact, that's what you should do. If you're working in a, in a really big company in the marketing department or you want to, then read those books, okay? But if you are a small business person or you're, you hope to open your own business, a small business, don't read those books. That's terrible advice. The advice in those books will destroy you and your business. Okay, they, it doesn't work for small businesses. Absolutely does not. Okay, the marketing books for big businesses, well, to use that advice, you need millions and millions of dollars for marketing. So, if you're a small little tiny business, a local business, a little online business, forget all of that. Okay, so the two more categories of marketing books, I would say number is for small businesses and online and they, they kind of, you know, there's a mix there, some, some, some kind of focus on both. That's where you should focus if you are, have your own business. So, there are some classics. I like Permission Marketing by Seth Godin. It's an old one, but it's still, it's the, the you know, some things have changed from that book because it's, you know, he, he's focused on internet and things. But even though it was written, I think back in the 90s, it's a lot of the main ideas in that book work still. It will still give you the basic idea of how to do marketing. The other person I like, I like the direct marketers, Dan Kennedy. Any book by Dan Kennedy. D A N is his first name Dan Kennedy now Dan Kennedy is an interesting guy so for small business people Dan Kennedy I would start with Dan Kennedy's books he comes from the days he's a direct marketer and that's that kind of marketing works best for small businesses it's called direct marketing it's very different than what big businesses do and it's much more effective for small businesses it, it also can be effective for big business but but especially for small business, Dan Kennedy. Dan Kennedy started before the internet. Okay? The, he, the advice he gives you, you can use it, you don't even, it's not, It's you don't need the internet, you don't need online for, for his uh, methods. But, the good news is, his methods also work online. Okay? So, they work online and they also, he has some good offline marketing. Too many people now are focused only on internet marketing and they forget that You can still do a lot of stuff offline. So, it depends on what kind of business you have. I have an online business. So, of course, my marketing is online. That's where everybody is who's going to find my business. But if I had a restaurant, if I had a local restaurant in a town, I would do marketing online and I would also do offline. Do both. So, Dan Kennedy. Start there. Dan Kennedy and Seth Godin. Ah, speaking of restaurants asthma with a good next question I want to start a restaurant uh, if in place what's, what's the step should I take can I do that in a car stop any place like a van what's the rules to follow okay now I'm not an expert on, food, on the food industry so I can't give you specific advice you should try to you're gonna have to research that yourself um, so I'll just give you some really general ideas Uh, Yes, you could try doing, it's called a food truck. And uh, it's kind of a popular thing to do now. It's kind of a hip thing to do in in America, in American cities, where, because restaurants, to open a a whole restaurant is very, very expensive. So what a lot of people do is they start by doing their restaurant in a truck. They're called food trucks. And they're special trucks that have kitchens and they... uh, they, they do sometimes in some cities you they have like areas where it's almost like a food truck court <laughs> they have this in San Francisco there's one where you go to this one place and they have lots of different food trucks all in this one location it's really cool it's very interesting and a lot of the food's very very good and uh, that's why it's become popular the other thing kind of food truck is they just they drive to different locations they're not in one place all the time uh, like some food trucks focus on workers like say office workers so at lunchtime they drive to the office area and then everybody and they park there and then people buy lunch and then maybe in the evening they try to go to a different part of the, of the town you'll see food trucks in beach areas and tourist areas so that is yes it's possible I don't know the details of it you have to research about it but it's cheaper than I think in general why people do it it's cheaper than starting with a full big huge building So, and the other cool thing is if you start a food truck business, if you become popular, then you have a lot of customers, right? They know you. Then you can try to start a regular restaurant using the same name and the same food, and you already have customers. You're not starting from zero. They know you from the truck, and what you should do is, doing marketing, you should be with your truck. You should have uh, some kind of social media, like Gab or Twitter. You should have some kind of email list, and you send people discounts and things. So you're building a list of customers. So if you do open a real restaurant, like in a meaning meaning like in a you know a permanent place, then you can send emails and. T- Twitter announcements or Facebook, whatever you decide to use, you can send that out and tell all your customers you already have, hey, come to our new restaurant and you have a better chance to succeed because you have all these customers already from the food truck. It's lower risk. I mean, you, your food truck might fail. I don't know, but it's a lower risk because it's less, less cost to start it. I think it's, an, it's a good idea if you can do it, in your town. In some places, in some cities, in some countries, instead of food trucks, they just have like a street, uh, street vendors, they're called, just a street stall, it's street food. Bangkok, Thailand, where I lived, um, is sort of really famous for that. They have a huge amount of street food. So somebody has a little thing they just push it's even cheaper than a truck (laughs) it's not even a truck it's just this little thing they push it's got a little gas stove and they make you pad thai or they make something for you and sometimes it's a little bigger than just a little small you know tiny thing some some of them are getting very nice actually and very unique Uh, so you can try that too if that works in your city Christy says, how many employees do you have, AJ? Well, technically, I have no employees, zero. I have uh, a couple kind of freelancers that, like, uh, um, Peter is independent. He works for me, but he also works for other companies, too. Uh, so, he's not an official employee, but, but you know, so he works, He but he does work for me. Um. And that's it. You know, all the all the people I use to do things, they're not my employees. They are contractors and freelancers. Which is, so, you know, we're we going back to that beginning. I said, if you start a business for freedom, you have to be careful to start to make a system that will give you freedom. And I did that very carefully. I realized if I have a lot of employees, I'm not free anymore because if I have a lot of employees, then I have to manage them. And then... I'm kind of, this This takes away a lot of freedom, right? I can't just go off on a vacation and tra- I can't travel for six months if I have a lot of employees. So, I decided no employ. I had a very strict, actually, policy, and I still do, no employees. None. I don't have employees. And it was for this reason, because I want to keep my business small and free. And, uh, and because of this, I can. I can travel for six months if I want to. And everything keeps going. So it's not, it's not. There's not a right or wrong answer. You you might have different goals. You might want a bigger business than I do. You might not care about traveling for long periods of time. Uh, so it's fine. It's having employees is not bad. It's not wrong. But it's just you have to decide. You know what? What are your goals? That's what I'm saying. Uh, as an entrepreneur, when you start a business in the beginning, figure out what do you want from it. Are you going, trying to get maximum money? Do you want maximum freedom? Uh, is, do you want to do what you love like you start a bit you, you love food you want to start a restaurant you know it's, it, it's these are all different goals yeah well Merrick this is exactly right <laughs> here's rules for starting a business or investing rule number one never lose money rule number two never forget rule number one Warren Buffett, stock investor. Yes, of course. It's as a, for a stock investor, that is rule number one is impossible. Um, but but the mindset is correct, and this is especially this is really true for starting a business. The, the, too many people they start a business and they're thinking, oh, they're dreaming of making huge amount of money. But the first thing you should focus on is don't lose money. If you make one dollar a year. That's still a success. It's a tiny success, but it is success. You didn't fail. You didn't lose money. And that should be your first goal starting a business. Don't lose money. Later, you can worry about building it bigger. Just don't lose money. That's a great... That is is certainly one of my rules. Probably my top (laughs) rule. The Queen nice profile name I just finished studying business law five years at university do you think I can work to win money Um, I mean I don't know I mean you can get a job and make sure I mean I'm sure you can find a job doing that Uh, how much money I don't know Uh, I don't know anything specific about your career Um, no idea Okay, a couple more. Then I got. It's gonna be a little shorter today because I have. To get, I got started late because of the babies. Yeah, like Vladislav said, Kiyosaki wrote in "Rich Dad Poor Dad." He had not seen a rich person who had never lost money. Exactly, it's a good idea. Don't lose money. I mean, this should be. It's a conservative mindset. Like first goal, don't lose money. Second goal, make money. Warren Buffett is right. Kiyosaki's also right the pro- you will fail you will lose money if you invest you'll lose some money if you are in business maybe your business overall will make money but sometimes you'll try a new product or a new service or a new marketing or you'll try something and it'll fail and you'll lose some money that is also true they're both true they're both true but I think Robert Kiyosaki would also agree he never met a rich person who likes to lose money okay that's the so it means what kiyosaki's saying is that you have to take risks to make money and he's right of course he's right but what buffett's saying is that rich people really hate losing money they hate losing money more than they want to make it and he's all and he's right too it's kind of they're both two sides of a coin we say Yeah, uh, um, uh, Ilana, I can answer this question easily. Nowadays, we have too much bad and useless books on any topic. Do you have some strategy how to find the best books for self-education? Well, you guys probably know my number one rule is read old books. That if you, in general, older books are better. And really, really old books are best of all. However, however... Of course, there are some areas, especially things like technology, where this doesn't quite work because the technology changes too fast. So, do you want to read an, a book about computers written in 1980? No. Or 1982? Of course not. Of course not. So, it, it's, there are some exceptions. When we're talking about very general topics, then I would say go older books are generally better. Generally and uh when we're talking about very like technology then of course you've got to go newer the other thing is you want to look you've got to just figure out who the audience is like i said books have different are targeted to different groups so like i said in marketing well you, there are i don't know millions <laughs> Hun- hundreds of thousands of marketing books right constantly and you know, first you just read a lot of them and you will quickly realize that yeah, they're quite different and that most of them, I mean, most of them are bullshit, honestly. They're crap. They're crap. Most marketing books are crap. They don't even work for big businesses. And I, I find them so boring now because I can read like the first five pages and I already know if it's good or not, right? And because most of them just repeat. They repeat the same stories, I mean, again, I can't tell you how many marketing books I've read that tell the exact same story about Harley Davidson or Apple or whatever. I mean, they all using the same damn story again and again and again and again and again. It's just like you, if you read, if you see that, you know it's crap. They're just copying somebody else. So you got to dig in. I think you have to ask people who are successful. So, I mean, it's good. Ask me. What Like the question Christy had, what marketing books do you recommend? That's a really good idea. Ask someone who's successful in general, in the area you want or like, what books do you recommend? Okay, because they've already read a lot of books probably. So they can help you say, ah, don't read that, read this. Um, so I think that's one good way to do it. Look for results, things, things like that. And in general, for things like history and, and philosophy and d- those kind of more deeper human uh, literature, then you want to go old, 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 old books. Oh, this is cool. Alex says, here in Brazil, companies pay a good salary for those who work in, as security guards and speak Portuguese and English. So I'm learning English. There you go right and this kind of connected to what two days ago our topic of how to make more money and that you know unique value proposition we talked about and making yourself more valuable well this is what Alex is doing he's, he's, so he's a security guard but he, he's he's smart he, he's seen that ah well if I add a skill the skill of English will get me more money same job but if I have this extra skill of speaking English now my salary jumps up. That's exactly right. And you just keep looking for that, Alex. So, in English, and then what else? You keep looking in, there. what other things, what other skills or knowledge could you add as as a security guard that could increase your payment, your pay, your money? Now, you know, it might be leadership and management. Maybe in the future, you would jump up. So, instead of being a security guard in a building, or in an area you would manage other security guards or it might be consulting where you would become you know really become an expert on security and uh, the, the, the kind of strategies and the technologies I mean there are many different ways you could go and you know over the many years not not necessarily right now but you just keep doing that and that's how you keep going up and up and up you keep adding those skills you keep adding that knowledge you become more and more unique and it works in any area it doesn't matter security guard uh, teaching English uh Uh, computers, whatever. All right, this is a good question and I have a different answer than Robert Kiyosaki. (laughs) My question is, Paulika, do you think getting debt from a bank for developing a business is a good idea? What if it's the only way to start? My opinion is it's a bad idea. Don't do it. Unless, okay, I'll give you a caveat, we say. Unless you are already very experienced. In other words, you already have started several successful businesses in the past. You already have started businesses in this area that you're, you want to, uh, to do. You have already have other good, strong sources of income. And you can afford to let this whole thing fail. But that's not many people in general no don't go into debt it's a talk about high pressure high stress this is what happens again people start businesses and they immediately begin with a huge amount of debt and this they're under this massive pressure on the first day make more money make more money and if they don't immediately start making lots of money the whole business dies. You've got no time. You're like suddenly have no time to develop your business because you're under so much pressure uh, because of that debt. So, no, I'm against it. I'd say start a different business. Start a different business that doesn't require a huge loan. And then later when you're making a lot of money from your successful businesses, you can use your extra money and you can fund, you can pay for a more expensive one start with it's kind of like again this food truck idea instead of opening a huge restaurant with a lot of money you borrow from the bank you start maybe not even a food truck a food table a street something on the street something very small and then and then you test your recipes and you test you make customers and you meet people and you make connections and you develop a system and all this stuff then from there you get a food truck maybe and then from there then you get your little small restaurant And then from your small restaurant, you grow it into a big one. So you take steps instead of so many people want to skip all that. They just want to jump into something big and borrow a lot of money. And it's usually a disaster. It's usually a massive disaster. It's a financial disaster. It's also a happiness disaster where you are immediately super stressed. And both of those are bad, I think. Alright, Alameen Ali, I will give you, your friend, some advice. One of my friends is addicted to pornography. He always asks me to give him some recommendation to get rid of this abyss. Okay, number one, he should get rid of all of his devices. Cut out the internet. He should do, a, he should do two fasts. He should start fasting right now. Fast, number one, is a technology fast. He should get off of all internet, not just pornography, all of it. I'm guessing he's doing it on the internet. He should throw away any... If he if he has other stuff, he should throw it all away and he should stop using the internet for, I don't know, a year, six months, whatever it takes. Fast number two, he should start doing aggressive fasting. Like, get... Send him the snake diet video. And I mean fasting, like not eating. This, this fasting will actually help to control your emotions. It builds a huge amount of self-discipline for in all areas of your life. So he should start doing some very aggressive fasting. If he's really thin guy, maybe he does one meal a day. Dr- maybe dry fasting, though. He should do difficult fasts. If he's a little fat, he can do longer fasts so that's what i would recommend aggressive fasting meaning f- traditional fasting like food fasting uh get him to watch snake diet videos okay because it's a det- it's a big topic and then number two he should fast he should cut out all social media it's called a dopamine fast and it just means cut out all that stuff cut out all media in fact i'd say cut out all media no television no internet just read books and go for walks get outdoors do physical exercise that's my quick advice it's all those things will help public is asking where can I get Italian mini stories link L-I-N-G-Q Steve Kaufman's website they have some yeah and Alexia I think Alexia has a good point I'm going to end with Alexi here. If you're thinking about money from scratch, from zero, in creating your business, this idea is doomed to fail. First, you have to be sparked by an idea. I think you're right. That, I mean, there are people, well, they tend to be more of investors rather than entrepreneurs. This is a difference. I think this is probably one of the key psychological differences between the two groups. Warren Buffett's an investor. So, So, investors are focused on money. They're focused on money. Money, money, money. That's all they're really doing. It's all just numbers and money to them. Most of them. But an entrepreneur is different. An entrepreneur is more an idea person. They're more inspired by ideas, values. Like I said, I started my business. It wasn't money, it was freedom. It's a, it's a, it's a very important difference. I I knew I needed some money to become free. Right? Financially free. But it was not the money. It was not in my head. I was not dreaming about expensive cars. I was not dreaming about big houses. I was not dreaming about millions and millions and millions of dollars. I was dreaming about teaching, teaching English how I wanted to teach it with no bosses. I was dreaming about getting up in the morning anytime I wanted to, when I wanted to. I was dreaming about working as much as I wanted to or as little. I was dreaming of having freedom to travel anytime I wanted. Did No need to ask a boss, oh, is it okay if I leave next month for a trip? No need for vacation time. No stress about any of that, right? I was dreaming about enjoying my work like having fun and making stories and doing all kinds of, trying all kinds of interesting and different and crazy things teaching English. I was dreaming about directly serving my students and forget school owners, forget textbooks, forget all that other stuff. See, that's a big difference instead of just money, money, money. How much money am I going to make? You know, um, so I agree with Alexi especially for entrepreneurs people who want to start their own business you gotta be inspired because it takes a lot of work and it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of creativity and energy and emotion all of that so if you're not money just isn't motivating enough for most people Uh, if you're really motivated just by money if money is all you care about is the numbers then become an investor. I think that that's that would be my advice. If if you're just about money, 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 numbers, 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 and, and you're just all about the numbers, then do do investing instead. Focus on investing. Be learn investing. But if you are wanting to be free you're wanting to be creative you're wanting to serve you're wanting all these other things that's those are the people who should become entrepreneurs who should start businesses and yes the money will come too hopefully uh, and then Vladislav with fi- the final question where can you recommend studying about investing I'm a bad person to ask <laughs> I'm not I'm not really an investor myself. I mean, I do it, but I am a super, super conservative investor, meaning, like, I'm not trying really to make money as an investor. I'm just trying to save it um, because that's just not how I think. I'm not, I'm not, don't really have the mindset for it. It's just not, it doesn't fit me. Um, so I'm really not, I can't give you good advice about that, really. Uh, I don't know you could s- Tony Robbins has a decent book about it a couple he's got a couple books about money and investing that are pretty decent uh they're, they're I would say start there Tony Rob I can't remember I think one's just called money and then I don't remember the other one there's there's two though about money specifically about money by Tony Robbins his most his two most recent books I would start there alrighty then Lots of love to you guys. Now, I need to remind you, remind you all that I have family visiting me starting on Saturday and for one week. So, it'll be my sister and my niece, my sister's daughter. So, on Saturday, no book club. I have to go to the airport to get them. And Sunday, no movie club because I have to be their tour guide all day. And... Monday, next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't know. It. I don't know the schedule. I may be. I may be gone for a whole week. I'm not sure if I have a little free time. If they just want a rest day, if they want to do something alone, independently, then I'll do a show. But there, there's a good chance I will be gone for one full week next week. Be uh, just being a good host to my sister. It's the first time my sister has visited me in Japan so I'm quite happy Uh, and and I love my my niece is really wonderful she's a middle school student and really sweet so anyway I'm excited about that but then the following week we'll be back again I'll be back again we'll do back with the book club continuing our book continuing Jerry Maguire the movie and etc alright so but, but uh, we have a couple more days today's Wednesday here in Japan so we've got Thursday and Friday so we'll still do two more shows I'll be back again tomorrow so see you all tomorrow and have a great day or evening until then bye